This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome inside a new episode of Special Teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon. You can hear our show on Fox Sports Radio Monday through Friday on one of over 400 affiliates coast to coast. Our show airs from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on the East Coast and 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. on the West Coast. Every week here on Special Teams, we look back at a big team from a specific season in sports and spotlight why they are so memorable. But once in a while, we get a chance to play with the format a little bit. We did a week ago with our 2007 college football uh, mm-hmm. special teams. And now we're going to do it again as we take a look back at some of the worst teams <laughs> in NFL history. But here's the rub. We talked about an 0-16 team, the Detroit Lions. Sure. They were very special. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 0-14 back in 1976. A lot has been said about them. So what we're going to do here as we are going to look back at the worst of the ones, the worst one-win teams in NFL history, what got them there, and what finishing 1-15 would get them in the future, because sometimes the future was really bright when you're coming off a one-win season because you get a great draft pick and you fire everybody and bring in people who know what they're doing. <laughs> Occasionally you get that, right? Ten times has it happened in NFL history that we've seen a one-win team, the Cleveland Browns of 2016 being the last, as you and I meet uh, and talk about some of these great teams. And I know one of they follow that up with a a zero win season. So we had that too. Well, you know, they had a good run. Uh, And 20 years from now, we will laugh at that that history, no question about it. But one of these teams near and dear to your heart that's on the list for us this week. Uh, The first team we're going to spotlight, the 1996... New York Jets, who finished 1-15, and and really getting that one win was about as much as you could stretch it. Yay! Rich Kotite was the head coach of the New York Jets. He was hired after the 1995 season. Now, this is what 
makes you realize the Jets are always going to jet. Now, Pete Carroll, people forget that he was the head coach of the Jets for one year, and it didn't go very well, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It went okay for a little bit because the Jets were 6-5. and five. They were playing for first place in the AFC East in 1995, a game against the Dolphins, which turned into one of the most famous endings of all time because it was the Dan Marino fake spike game. The Jets lose this game, and then they lost their last five to finish 6-10. and 10. So, five-game losing streak to end the 1995 season. Leon Hess, who was nearing the end of his run as Jets owner, said... I'm done with all this. I want to enjoy my football team, so I am going to hire Rich Kotite. Yeah. Rich Kotite, who was fired by the Philadelphia Eagles because he lost his last seven games of the 1995 season. So Pete Carroll. Well, he was due. Pete Carroll is fired. He lost the second most games in a row to end the season, and he's replaced by the guy who lost the most. Now, Kotite, with the Eagles, he was okay. He won some games. He was an abject <laughs> failure with the Jets. And there's not one Jets fan. You say the name Rich Kotite and their face doesn't get all. Ooh, 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 ooh. And even if you don't know any of the particulars, oh. the name is a pejorative. Mm. Right? The surname is is almost like a four-letter word in the greater New York, New Jersey area. It was. You can't. <laughs> It was, I wish there was a video yeah, component yeah, to the response of yeah. that last sentence that I uttered. Yeah. It was a, um, how do I say this? It was a marriage that began with Kotite being in the scouting department of the Jets. And when it came down to who they wanted to draft in the first round at wide receiver mm-hmm. during the very famous draft in which the 49ers got Jerry Rice, the Jets were torn between Jerry Rice and Al Toon. And they were torn right down the middle, and Rich Kotite says, well, I don't think Jerry Rice will get separation at the next level, so let's take Altoon. Now, Altoon still turned out to be a pretty good player, but his career ended early. Jerry Rice went on to be the greatest wide receiver in the history of the game, so there was that. Well, it turned out there was, I mean, to make you feel slightly better, there was also evidently a fight in the Dallas War Room where there was a split between the scouts as to whether they liked him or not. Mm-hmm. And so when the 49ers traded up, there was still no concern, oh, we got to go trade up higher because they're going to go take our guy. So they, they got skunked, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that story was let out by your uh, nemesis Gil Brandt. Uh, yeah, and Gil Brandt just doesn't like me. But you know what? That's a that's, that's a like story say, for another time. That's a story for another day. So, Rich Kotite had coached the Jets for one year, and they were three and thirteen. Right, he takes over starting after the nineteen ninety four season. I said ninety five, right. but the Pete Carroll season was nineteen ninety four. So he takes over in nineteen ninety five, and they don't play well. And then, what happens? They get ready for 96. The best thing they do under Rich Kotite is win the one game they had to. But <laughs> this tells you because they didn't want to go 0-16. Wow, that's, that's, that's a sales job. For the, <laughs> be careful what this guy tries to sell you out there, folks. No, no. Oh, they won their game they had to. There is one other thing, but that's, that's at the end. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Sure. Uh, this was... The draft where they could have gotten Warren Sapp. Oh, 1995. Jets fans are screaming, Sapp, 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 Sapp. What do the Jets do? They take Kyle Brady. Let's take a tight end in the first round. Number nine overall. Who takes a tight end in the first round ever? Ever. There have been a couple. Ever. But very rare are they those transcendent players, at least at the top of a draft. Number nine overall. Kyle Brady out of Penn State. 
you just look at the players drafted ahead of Sap. I guess go ahead of Kyle Brady. You had Kevin Carter goes to St. Louis. Mike Mamula goes to Cotite's former team, the Eagles. Joey Galloway goes eight to Seattle. And then Kyle Brady comes off the board. Stokes, Alexander, Sap goes 12 to Tampa. Now, here's what doesn't make sense, okay, is coming off of 1994, the Jets had a tight end named Johnny Mitchell. You probably remember Johnny mm-hmm. Mitchell a little bit. He came off a season in which he caught 45 passes for 500 yards and five touchdowns. He missed four games with a back injury, right? That's for a tight end back in the mid-90s. That's a really good season. Mitchell was a blossoming star. But let's go take another tight end. in the. Not only do we take a tight end in the top 10, but we take a tight end when we already have a tight end. Which is just doesn't make all made a coat tight all over again. Yeah, no, it's it's baffling on so many levels, just from what the tight end position was at that time. Right? We hadn't quite hit the Tony Gonzalez, Shannon Sharp. Here we're gonna change how this position operates. Mm. Mostly you're you're looking at blockers. And if you got a tight end that's catching forty five balls, you've got what you need. Right? You're not going to the two tight end set and having two pass catchers running amok like New England would do years later. So the Jets go into this season already with not a lot of warm fuzzies, but they do have a new quarterback. They replace Boomer Esiason, who goes to the Arizona Cardinals, with Neil O'Donnell, who is coming off the Super Bowl with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's the thing. Neil O'Donnell wasn't very good, but he was the quarterback of the Steelers, and they were in the Super Bowl. So let's go spend five years and $25 million on Neil O'Donnell, a guy who was a quarterback. His best year was 3,200 yards passing and 14 touchdowns. Now, I get it. It's the 3,200 yards makes sense. I get 14 touchdowns. It's the 90s. (laughs) But we're going to go spend money to try to legitimize the Jets and bring in Neil O'Donnell. I actually went to the very first game this season. Did you really? Right? Pam and okay. I were moving across country because I was a, I was a production assistant at ESPN. Mm-hmm. We were moving across country, and I had the job at Fox uh, as a TV as a producer. And they said, "Yeah, your first day is going to be like September twenty eighth, whatever Fox was going to start." So I left in August. And we left and we drove across country and we spent time in Michigan with our family. We drove down. We went to South Dakota. And I said, hey, if we're going to be in uh, around Denver, let's go to opening day for the Jets and the Broncos. Well, so why wouldn't you? Sure. Yeah. I'm, you know, it's great. I'm, we're going to the game. I'm in my Jets sweatshirt hat. It's awesome. The first game of Neil O'Donnell. Halftime, the Jets were down 31 nothing. <laughs> Just that exasperated sigh. Nothing. You know, some 25 years later. 31 nothing. They scored a touchdown late, and I believe Webster Slaughter caught it. We lost 31-6, and leaving the stadium... All I got was Denver fans just screaming at me how much the Jets sucked. There was one guy that had one of those... Um, uh, it was like a uh, a dummy, uh, a ventriloquist dummy, but he had it on the sticks, right? Make, make him move it around, and it was Neil O'Donnell, and he would move it around and have him just fall to the ground, right? Like he'd have him walking and fall, and walk and fall, and he comes up to me at the end of the game and he goes, ah, and then has O'Donnell has has the thing fall, and wow. I go, uh, this is what I this is what I'm in for here this season. This Thirty-one six, your final total of twelve first downs in that game. 188 total yards for your Jets offense. Neil O'Donnell starts 0-6 this season. Then he hurts his shoulder, and he's out. 
and the Jets seemingly can't win a game. The big epic. Well, I would say the well, Frank epilogue. Wright came in. Yeah, though. Frank Wright played quarterback for a while for us this year. I would have oh. never put him in a Jets uniform. No. no, and Frank Wright got us our only win. We beat Arizona and Boomer Esiason 31-21. Sweet revenge against Boomer. <laughs> At least we won that game. So we were 0-8. We win that game. Hey, we're 1-8. and And then we lose the rest of the games. The rest of the season. That was the one win, but at least we beat Boomer to say, well, maybe we did make the right move with Neil O'Donnell instead of Boomer. But here's the best part, and not really not the best part, it's actually the worst part, uh, <laughs> is that after Neil O'Donnell's out for a while, he's set to come back in December, right, and play the last two or three games. And I remember watching the game, and suddenly Neil O'Donnell's not playing. What happened? He pulled a calf muscle warming up. He was just dropping back to, you know, going through progressions, like dropping back, pretending to throw, yeah. just getting set. Like the field was slick, I think. And it, it just, his muscle just popped. <laughs> and so it went from Neil O'Donnell's coming back and it looks like the Jets, maybe they can finish and get a couple of wins. Nope. Pulled muscle in his calf, pregame warmups, didn't play the rest of the season. <sighs> yeah. There was no video of the injury. The only video they had was of him actually doing the drug. Because why do you have cameras on the field and a guy doing warm-ups? Nope. Sure. He gets hurt, doesn't play the rest of the season. That's just crazy. Uh, Kyle Brady, uh, who was drafted famously in, in 95, he had 15 catches on the year for 144 yards. Why do you got to bring that up? That well, was, I mean, I just got to go through. Your leading receiver with 909 yards, <laughs> Wayne Krebet. Yep, that was Wayne. Wayne showed up. And... This honestly was the best part was finishing one in 15. The Jets get the number one pick in the draft. This is the only good thing was because then they took Keyshawn Johnson. Now, it could have been even better had Bill Parcells, who then takes over the Jets after Rich Kotite, because Kotite resigns with two games left in the season. Never coached in the NFL again. That was it. Never coached in the NFL. This was so bad. Never coach in the league again. But Bill Parcells comes to the Jets in 97 or in 96. Things look better. He drafts Keyshawn Johnson. Wouldn't commit to drafting Peyton Manning number one overall. So Peyton Manning stayed in school. Oh, how that could have changed things for the Jets. But still, getting Keyshawn, Parcells got the Jets to the AFC Championship game a couple of years later. He figured out the quarterback position in 96 by playing Neil O'Donnell and Glenn Foley. And, you know, nearly got them to the playoffs then. So... You know, Parcells had some things going on and it actually turned the corner for the Jets. But boy, this season, this one in 15 and 96, this was, I I mean, I, <laughs> I've gone through lots of bad seasons. This one was just, when is the year going to end? When's it going to end? Well, and it never does because it's always on your brain. When if the losses start piling up at the beginning of the season, please let us get one. Go tight. So that was 1 in 15, the 1996 Jets, who were just one win over a bad Arizona Cardinals team from being over. <laughs> Coming up next, we get to another team with one win. And here's the crazy part this team was actually expected to do great things, and instead, oh boy, did it turn on them. That's coming up next right here on Special Teams. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. 
and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. From 1996, we head to 2000 to take a look at the then San Diego Chargers and their 1-15 season under Mike Riley as head coach and Ryan Leaf at quarterback. This is a team that went 8-8 eight and eight in 1999, and it was going to be a great year. Ryan Leaf was actually on the cover of Sports Illustrated under the title Back from the Brink because Leaf, who was taken number two overall in 1998, didn't have a great 98, didn't have a great 99. And I remember the Sports Illustrated article that Junior Seau was quoted in and talking about Ryan Leaf. He said, listen, I, you know, I just got to tell him, don't throw three or four interceptions. Throw one or two in a game and we'll be okay. <laughs> just don't throw three or four. That's good and, advice. But Ryan Leaf was expected to be good again on the cover of SI and this was it instead it turned out to be the end of the Ryan Leaf era but before we get to that one thing that's lost in this is that it's not like they did a lot to help him the Chargers this season ran for just 1,062 yards which was then the lowest in history by a team in a 16 game season so it's not like boy we had a great running attack and we could move the ball down the field and Ryan Leaf just couldn't throw the football no they couldn't run the football either Jermaine Fazandi was your leading rusher with 368 yards. I remember picking him up for like a week in fantasy once, like really desperate. I remember having him for like on my yeah, team that's for like desperation. one week. Yeah. He finished his career after two years in San Diego. Uh, basically, in, the, in 99... He had 91 rushes for 365 yards <laughs> in, nine, in 2000, 119 rushes 
uh, for three more yards, both years, two touchdowns. That's when you say, what does it mean when someone says they're a pedestrian running back? And then that, that's the, the stats you get right there. Yeah, yeah. He uh, and Terrell Fletcher were your split. Oh, Terrell Fletcher. Yeah. Uh, but this was when Ryan Leaf was gaining the majority of the attention because he was on track to being one of the biggest busts of all time in his career. And what happened to him is duly noted. And, you know, everything, the, you know, playing flag football and all the things he did. But this season, which turned out to be his last one, began with him not playing well in week one and getting benched in week two, but having to come back and play. And Moses Marino actually played, you know, for the Chargers this for year. For Moses yeah. Marino. I mean, you get benched for Moses Marino. Uh, so he gets hurt, but he has to come back in the game when or come back and play when Marino gets hurt. But then week four, he gets hurt and he's out until week 11. During this time, things had gotten to the point where Ryan Leaf apparently said to anyone who would listen, listen, the Chargers are just going to release me after this season. And there were reports that he exaggerated the hand injury that he suffered so he could still go out and play golf after. Oh, good. This was the, hey, are you hurt or you're going out to play golf? And Leaf, who went on to be a golf coach at West Texas A&M, uh, you can kind of connect the dots on this. But that was always a big rumor was that he exaggerated his hand injury because he knows he's going to get cut. He wants to still go out and have fun. And I am just not going to play for a while. Now, in hindsight, we see exactly where career- Careers unfolded, uh, and as you and I sat down to, to talk about this, was that actually Peyton Manning's 44th birthday, uh, and those careers go in two different ways. But Peyton Manning was still struggling. <laughs> oh with yeah, the, yeah, with the Colts. So yeah, like, well, well, not quite like this. No, but you didn't. <laughs> but you didn't have necessarily the the separate. Obviously, the separation that became. Yeah. But the number one versus number two battle was all right. Peyton's still going to be in the league, and he's progressing. But he then becomes you know, Peyton Manning, uh, as we know him for Ryan Leaf, you know, this was the opportunity and you, you go down and you look at the weapons going, all right, they came off an eight and eight year, mm-hmm. not exactly stacked. No. Right. And certainly from a personnel standpoint, not overwhelming, but in your third year, that's normally where you take your leap forward if it's going to happen, or at least traditionally as a quarterback, right? Especially if you've had continuity among your coaching staff. And quite clearly that didn't happen. And the love of the game wasn't there. Obviously Leafs cleaned up his his world and in a, in a much different frame of mind and in media and doing a lot of great things and helping a lot of folks. Uh, but, you know, this is the Morgan Freeman moment in Shawshank. I want to go back and shake that kid. And I bet you he'd say the same thing about that 24-year-old Ryan Leaf right now. So Ryan Leaf comes back in week 11 and actually pilots them to a win over the Kansas City Chiefs. They win 17-16, despite the fact that Leaf threw a pick six. Uh, they were up, and this was their only win of the season. Things got so bad for the Chargers. with Lee. They won this game, but then Leaf was bad again. The Chargers finished the season with Jim Harbaugh at quarterback. I mean, he, he's not too far away from being a head coach in college football. And they finished with him at quarterback for the 2000 season. One in fifteen, Harbaugh plays. That was his last year in the NFL as a quarterback, yeah. and, it, and it showed. That's it. He, did, I, he still completed sixty point nine percent of his passes. He was always accurate, but zero and five. 
So this turns out to be the end for Ryan Leaf in San Diego. His final numbers, he had four wins as a starter in three years. He was hurt all the time. He couldn't stay in the lineup. He just had too many interceptions and fumbles. Look, San Diego... Their defense was good enough that if Ryan Leaf had just been able to be more of a game manager, they would have won more games. But Leaf was never able to figure it out. And after this year, they knew we had to make a change. We couldn't go down this road with him again one more year because you already know where it's happening. He doesn't put points on the board. He can't stay healthy. Why are we doing this? He's, he's at odds with everybody off the field. The players don't like him. What are we doing here? They had seven games where they allowed 20 or fewer points in that season. I mean, that, that's that got to net you four wins in the NFL. You would think. Right? On by average, accident. I think that by, by accident, you're going to fall into four or five wins if your defense is giving you that kind of effort. Instead, they, they just couldn't put points on the board. So here's where things get good. For San Diego, because look, you know, you finish one in 15, things get good Something for you. Something has to happen for you. Uh, they wound up with the number one overall pick in the draft. But this is when they decided to trade the pick to the Atlanta Falcons, who moved up to take Michael Vick. But the Chargers turned out okay because they drafted LaDainian Tomlinson and then came back with their next pick to get Drew Brees. Drew Brees, who then... Played well, but got hurt. But then they drafted Phillip Rivers. But look, you're drafting LaDainian Tomlinson, who turns out to be one of the top five running backs of all time. Things turned out well for the Chargers. They just had to win one game and move on from the Ryan Leaf era, and things turned out better for him. It's not bad. Well, because he, he made it easy for him. You know, and the thing is, is that I remember there was a big debate going into the NFL draft that maybe Indianapolis would take Ryan Leaf first. Because, you know, look, Leaf coming out, look, Peyton Manning had been the guy for four years. He's going to be great. And NFL, everything you'd want from him. And Ryan Leaf shows up his senior year at Washington State. And it's, boy, look how good Washington yeah. State is. He gets him into the Rose Bowl. And I was I was at his last college game. I was at the Rose Bowl game. Because, you know, look, my wife, Michigan, I've watched every Michigan game for the past 25 years. You vacation in Detroit. Yeah, I'm tough. I'm tough. Michigan's defense is one of the best they've ever had that year. And Ryan Leaf moved the football up and down the yeah. field well enough against them. And I thought, boy, I was never the biggest Ryan Leaf fan. But, man, I mean, he's, he's he could really be something when he gets to the NFL. Instead, all the knuckleheaded stuff went through. He clearly wasn't able to handle it. And this is where he wound up. But I really thought coming out, boy, there was a lot of people that thought that was going to happen. And certainly getting to see him live, I thought, oh, this guy can make every throw. I mean, he's really he's really good. So there's our look. The 1 in 15 San Diego Chargers, the 1 in 15 New York Jets. The next 1 in 15 team nearly cost me my relationship with my best friend. Wow. Yeah, that's coming. Not up me, next. though. Not you. No, no. You're my best, best friend. friend. Yes, okay. no, my best friend earlier in my life and for most oh, of my okay. life. Yeah. Uh, that's coming up next right here on Special Teams. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. We continue on with special teams. Our look back at the worst of the one, some of the worst one in 15 teams in NFL history. We hit on the Jets from 96, the Chargers from 2000. Now we move on to the 2007 Miami Dolphins. Cam Cameron in his only year well. as Miami Dolphins head coach. The Dolphins were 6-10. and 10. They were looking to have big things happen for them, but instead, well, Nick Saban said, hey, guys, I'm going to go to Alabama and uh, good luck. So Cam Cameron gets the job and pilots the Dolphins to a 1-15 season. Well, if you're going to fail, fail spectacularly. I mean, leave no doubt <laughs> that that job is not for you. You know, and the thing is, Cam Cameron was a very well-respected offensive coordinator. Yep. You know, he did a lot of good things, and here he is thrust into a job. And you knew it was off to a rough start when the first two picks that the Dolphins had in that April were Ted Ginn Jr. and John Beck. Well, God bless him. Ted Ginn Jr. is still going. Yeah, I mean, somehow, <laughs> somehow he's still playing. Dropping passes for the first seven years of his NFL career, he somehow stuck around and became a pretty <laughs> responsible guy. Look, that's all he did. <laughs> Look at you. That's all Ted Ginn well, Jr. dropped played passes. well in the uh, return game. Yeah, he could return kicks, but he would drop passes all the time. But he could still. stretch a defense. And now he's a dependable receiver. No, it took time. Took time. Drafted number nine overall out of the Ohio State by the Dolphins. That now, year. that was the pick to take at that point because Ted Ginn was an electrifying player fast. That was the pick. Then they go and they take John Beck in the second round to be their quarterback in the present slash future. And I called my best friend because we always call each other. We call each other almost every day at that point. And they picked John Beck. He answered the phone. And I should have known because he answered the phone. He was mad. Because he obviously saw his team just pick John Beck. And I just start laughing. I go, John <laughs> Beck, are you kidding? And he goes, you know, I always back you up, which he never does. That was that complete lie. I always complete back lie. you up. I'm always happy for you when your football team wins. Really, you're a Dolphins fan. I'm a Jets fan. You're never happy for me. No, I I and he hung up on me. And we didn't talk for like two weeks. And I was like, he really hung up on me because I was making fun of a player his team picked in the NFL draft. 
Not not that not that I crashed his car and didn't tell anybody. <laughs> not that I stole money or embezzled money from him. He was upset that I was making fun of John Beck. He didn't go after you when you embezzled money from no, him. No, no, no. He still doesn't know. This it's all good. And the statute of limitations on that. And that was 2007. It was all fine. No, you should be okay. I remember Cam Cameron going on TV after they made this pick, and he said, I want everybody to be really excited to welcome these guys to our family because no one can understand why. Why do we go with John Beck out of BYU in the second round of quarterback? I don't understand. I, well, it's, I, I, it's I don't funny get because it. there was only another, one other quarterback goes in the second round. That's Drew Stanton goes just, uh, but Houston – uh, you had Atlanta and Indianapolis chose between Miami and Detroit. So Stanton goes 43rd overall. And then there's no quarterback selected again until the third round where the Bills take Trent Edwards. As uh-huh. you can see, uh, heavy, heavyweights. Uh, Isaiah Stanback goes to the Cowboys at 103. So looking to get that quarterback, yeah, as you can see, slim pickings. Slim Pickens. Now, at this point, the Dolphins had Dante Culpepper. And this was the, hey, Dante Culpepper is going to relaunch his career because right. he was terrific in Minnesota, but he got hurt and he wound up falling out of favor. I'm going to go to Miami. I'm going to restart everything. He was going to be great. The and then Drew he couldn't Brees, get on the field. Dante Culpepper. <laughs> All these guys, they just kept making the wrong decisions yeah. at quarterback, man. Uh, so. That's what the plan was, was for Culpepper to be a superstar again. Except, like I said, he couldn't get on the field. And then in the summer, he got hurt again, had surgery, and his timetable to return wasn't going to be for a while. So Miami said, you know what? We've had enough of trying to make Dante Culpepper happen. So they cut him and they trade for Trent Green. So now their quarterback depth chart looks like this. Trent Green, Cleo Lemon... And John Beck. Those are your quarterbacks. Wow. Just wow. That's really all it comes down to. TJ. Wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. TJ. Certainly Miss Cleo not seeing the future of what would happen to the Dolphins at this point. (laughs) TJ. Because I'm looking at Cleo Lemon, and the first thing that comes in, all right, I remember a 2005 rookie card with the oh. Chargers. So <laughs> I like how your first memory is always someone's football card. It's a trading card. And, and like just an image that you sorted through enough enough trading cards, it remained. And because that was a big year, they they made some good moves for the, the Chargers in the draft. Our friend Sean Merriman, some other folks. Uh, but yes, Trent Green, also an, another trivia question of name all the teams Trent Green played for. Most folks would not remember a little bit of time in Miami. Yeah, yeah, no. But he was in a lot of places before he wound up getting hurt and paving the way for Kurt Warner. But uh, yeah, no, people would not forget would forget that he was in Miami. No, and then his his son came to play at Northwestern. Oh, that's right, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, you know that because you're a Northwestern guy. Go Cats. That's what you have. So the season starts and the Dolphins go zero and three. Week four. They take on the Raiders, who had subsequently signed Dante Culpepper and made him their starting quarterback. In that game, the Raiders win. They put up 35 points, and Culpepper runs for three touchdowns and throws for two. He runs for three touchdowns. (laughs) Dante Culpepper in his career... I, I can't believe there were many more than three rushing touchdowns in his career. 
Of course, now I have to look that up. As, uh, that yeah. just You can tell if you're the Dolphin, this is just not going to no, happen. No, no, it's us. not ending well for you. This is just no, not going to happen. It's, we're, we're not going to do it. They played everybody at quarterback this year, the Dolphins, right? They played Trent Green. They played letters to Cleo Lemon. They played John Beck when they had to, and it didn't matter. Right? Nothing mattered. They couldn't win. They were terrible. The only thing they had looking forward to was the fact that, yet again, Ricky Williams was going to return to the team. This was the 11th time he had left the Dolphins and then returned to the team. Now, he had left the team, been suspended uh, before. But in 2006, it was announced that Ricky Williams had violated the league's uh, drug policy for the fourth time. Right? Hey, now it doesn't matter. You get to hang out under the new CBA. (laughs) He gets suspended for the entire 2006 season. And finally, he comes back. For his first game, he is ready to go. Week 12, he's reinstated. Six carries for 15 yards. Tears his pec muscle. He is out the rest of the season. (laughs) That was Ricky Williams. Yeah, it did not end well. That was, you know, at that point, you have to just throw your hands up and say, all right, this is just never, can we please just win a game? Can we please win a game? Well, we were talking about the ineffectiveness of the runners in San Diego. Your leading rusher for this Miami team, Ronnie Brown at 602 yards. Jesse Chapman with 515. And the great Lorenzo Booker, third at 125. Fourth, because I just wanted to say his name. Well, yeah. Fantasy legend Sam Congato. Oh, I remember Sam Congato. He was, when he was with the Packers, he had a good, like, four-week That's run. Right. At the end of a season. He's a legend. Right. Made a lot of money off his 2005 Did runs, you right? let me tell you. <laughs> couple of uh, rare inserts that, uh, <laughs> here, they sell. <laughs> now, of these other teams we talked about on the podcast, the Jets, you don't really remember their win over the Arizona Cardinals. You don't really remember the Chargers win over the Chiefs. But the one win that the Miami Dolphins had was so memorable because it was late in the year. It was their only win of the year. They played Baltimore. It's the Greg Camarillo game. It was a very famous play. I think the reason this became such a famous play is because it was a late game and it was one of those, now we take you to Miami, where Miami and the Ravens are in overtime. Miami looking for their first win of the season. And it goes to overtime. Matt Stover missed a 44-yard field goal that would have won the game, right? So now the Dolphins get the football, and Greg Camarillo catches a short pass. He makes a move and runs 64 yards for the touchdown. Miami wins 22-16. Like I said, it was a famous play, I think, because everybody got to see it, because I think that was a circumstance surrounding it. It was after this game that Wayne Huizenga finally admitted, yes, I'm trying to sell the team, but this is the one shining moment that the (laughs) Miami Dolphins had. Cam Cameron was running down the field. We won! We won! We won! The Dolphins would lose the rest of their games, but at least they had this win. They got that victory over the combination of Kyle Bowler and Troy Smith. Troy Smith, who won, won a Heisman Trophy, and Kyle Bowler, who was supposed to be the quarterback. Yeah, that, the was, that was supposed to be the guy right there. But Yeah, yeah uh, back to the Culpepper. I just want to make sure folks knew I was kidding, because obviously he used to do that roll thing yeah. when he was in Minnesota. Yeah, he would, yeah. And he rumbled for a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. That season with the Raiders, played eight games. 
the only three rushing touchdowns. <laughs> I don't care what we do. We got to beat Miami. I got to right? beat them. We gotta and beat I'm Miami. taking, I'm, I'm carrying them on my back. And if I'm not mistaken, right, for Culpepper, he wanted to show the Dolphins he was healthy. So he wound up like the Dolphins, like they hadn't heard from him in a while, but he was like, I'm healthy, I'm healthy. And they wanted to see him move. So they went to like a mini mall parking lot. I think that's and, right. And yeah, like, I remember the urban like, in front legend of a video thing. store or something and showed he was running and cutting him like, you couldn't get him to a field. You couldn't. You had to go and look in a in a video parking lot where there's probably a, a pizzeria uno, and then and then it's a blockbuster, and then you know back when blockbuster was around. Yeah, I mean that's what you had to do. Yeah, but think about it now. Everybody's doing it on Instagram and TikTok. It's, and it's the gram. You got it's the gram. The gram. The gram. Yeah. It sounds like a cop show. <laughs> a gritty cop show. No, you're thinking of Lou Graham. Uh, <laughs> we're talking foreigner now. Is that what we want to get? Foreign. Ah, nice. And TJ. Lou Graham and the Dolphins want to know what wins and love are, TJ. So that's how it ends for the Miami Dolphins at 1-15. Now, what was the best thing that happened for them? Well, we had good things for the Jets. They drafted Keyshawn Johnson, got Bill Parcells. The Chargers drafted LaDainian Tomlinson and Drew Brees. Sure. The Dolphins had a complete makeover. With the number one overall pick in the draft, Bill Parcells came in to run football operations. They decided to take Jake Long number one overall. When you don't really take tackles number one, but Jake Long clearly coming out of Michigan was that good a player. He anchored the Dolphins line for a long time. Tony Sperano takes over. The late Tony Sperano. The greatest turnaround ever in NFL history. They go from 1 in 15 to 11 and 5. You had Parcells taking over, you had Tony Sperano coming in, and the big things that they were able to do, number 1 was get Chad Pennington from the New York Jets cuz the Jets had went out and gotten Brett Favre and the Jets wanting to do right by Pennington instead of trading him somewhere. They allowed him to go seek whatever deal he wanted. He said blank you, I'm staying in the AFC East so I can blank you guys a couple times a year. And what does he do? He goes to Miami. They wind up winning the division, and Pennington puts the feather in his cap of his NFL career. They don't go far in the playoffs, but still, this was, you thought Brett Favre was better than me after all I put my body through for you? Blank you, man. And Pennington goes, and he takes over in South Florida. Look, Parcells drafted him, and Pennington was a really good quarterback until he blew his arm out, and that was the right fit. But the other thing that happened was this was the advent of the Wildcat offense. Tony Sperano, who was the godfather of the Wildcat, debuted the offense in 2008. Ronnie Brown, at quarterback, sure. was terrific. It turned into a huge weapon. It was difficult for other teams to stop it. And the Dolphins win the division. In fact, going into 2020 season, the last time the AFC East was won by a team other than the Patriots, the 2008 year for the Dolphins, which was set up by all the losing in 2007. Now you're hoping that history repeats itself and craziness and people go into exile to say blank the team that they were with (laughs) (laughs) blank you guys man yeah you know it's all of that uh it's a new world order i have one uh honorable mention i wanted to throw up oh for one after our list of 10 was the 2001 carolina panthers Brings Don, oh, wait, it brings wait, wait, wait. Dante Culpepper back wait, wait. into this. Because I, I didn't, but if memory serves me right, they won their first game, right? Chris Wanky was the quarterback, yeah. right? And then they lost their last 15. Yeah, no, that, that's the point. <laughs> is that this is the uh, final year of George Seifert, right? They go uh, seven and nine the year before. You got Wanky comes in, Steve Smith, Wasim Muhammad, Tim Biakabatuka, Shamanga Biakabatuka. Shamanga. T S H I M A N G A. 
B-I-A-K-A-B-U-T-U-K-A. Nicely done. Wow, how about that? Shabunga Biakabatuka. Well, because you used to go by Tim. Yeah. So, but I always remember Keith Jackson. Shamanga Biakabatuka. Fumble! So they this win their the football. So they win their first game. It's against Minnesota. It's Dante Culpepper. This was the Corey low scoring game, right? Yeah, it was the it was the Corey Stringer year. So oh right, so right, yes. a weird year. Dennis yeah. Green gets fired. A bunch of Mike Tice takes over all of that. Culpepper struggles. Rushing touchdown goes two thirty six. One touchdown, three picks. But they win that game, and then they lose fifteen straight. <laughs> <laughs> but in the in the theme here that you know you can see the 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 light right something good happens coming out of this misery they, Seifert leaves John Fox comes in the next year they reestablish who they are two years later they go to the Super Bowl with Delone under center but just the idea of there's Chris, I wanted to get Chris Wanky oh sure you get Chris Wanky it was pretty I good I mean anytime I can uh, just jam that in right there fourth round pick number 106 overall but it's like that's going to be our guy we're going to him and it was no uh, do you know how, how much was Chris Wanky picked up in fantasy after week one? Do you have the stats on that? That I don't week have. One, you don't have that? Huge. Don't have that. Just All right. huge. All right. Well, you know that because people were waiting, waiting for it. I mean, hey, anytime we get those former Heisman winners in there, mm-hmm. people got excited. It's like, see, it's going to work out. It's going to happen. He's going to be a star in the pros. Eh, not so fast. So there it is, the worst of the ones with an honorable mention to the 2001 Carolina Panthers. I'm Jason. He's Mike. You want to get us ideas for future episodes of Special Teams on Twitter at HowAboutAFresca. Mike is at Swollen Dome. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode. Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.